Welcome to the revolution, doing it nation. Thank you, Eli Braden, for that theme song. I don't want to waste any time, Jenny. Normally, we'll do like about 15 minutes, uh, Mark Marin style up front, right. talking about stuff. Let's but cut to our guest today. I don't, I don't even want to, I don't want to mess around. Our guest today, y'all, Danny and I, I don't know how many episodes we've talked about this show, that yeah. this creator of this program, who also is a head writer on SNL, also the broad city you wrote on that one of my yes. favorite things ever y'all it's chris kelly oh. <laughs> we should mention the we should mention the show is the other two yes, yeah, the other yes. Two. we're about to get into that but i, I know i just that's the show we talk about non-stop i'm oh like evangelical about this show literally yes. last night somebody i i've been convincing to watch it she called me up. She goes, oh, my God, you were so right about this show. Jeez. So, oh so my God, yeah. thank you so much. That's Thank you for telling people. You're oh, so yeah. nice. <laughs> I literally was just texting with my friend. His name is Kurt Hawkins, and he's a, like a weather guy on Fox 11 out here in L.A. And he's like, I can't thank you enough for introducing me to this show. I can't <laughs> like we were, he is obsessed with it. We had Leanne Morgan. She was that was her recommendation a couple of weeks ago. She's a stand-up comedian. We everybody loves this show. God. And Sarah well, killed it. It's so good. I mean, I do feel like it's a very like word of mouth show. So thank you for thank you for helping spread the word. Yeah, I, I mean I will be I, I I confess I missed first season on Comedy Central. It wasn't until it came on HBO Max and I was like, holy cow, this has been around. It's, it's so, and so, and then I was really frustrated because I was, I binged the first um, season pretty much like in a day. And then I got, to, and then you had only done three episodes of the second season. I was like, come on, where are they? <laughs> so, uh, um, that's great. Oh my God, that's so good to hear. Yeah, we was sort of like a below the, under the radar for a while. So we're glad that more people can actually see it now if they want to. I was so happy, like when season two, when it was finally announced, I'm like, okay, so so Chase Dreams is 40 now. Oh, he's so old. He's truly old. <laughs> like, he's on got, Medicare. Like, uh, absolutely. And we got shut down while, during the pandemic, obviously, right. like a lot of shows. And so he was old when we started shooting season two. But then after the pandemic, I mean... He got real old. So like sometimes they like are in go into a restaurant and he's like 17 and then he comes out and he's 18. And we're like, you need to hunch down and Drew, you need to stand on your tiptoes. And it was it's weird a, to cobble together. Don't worry. The M. Night, it's, is that the theme of the M. Night Shyamalan movie? They go into a uh, <laughs> yeah. a restaurant and you you age a year for every on that movie is based on season two of the other two, yes. <laughs> like the show Manifest, you know, where they like land on a plane and five years go by. How yeah. old now? His Case Walker is Case Walker. He, he's actually eighteen now. When we first cast him, he had just turned fourteen. So oh. he completely gave up his full childhood to these two seasons of television. Yes. Wow. So his his actual like storyline is his now real life. You stole. Yeah, his. I mean, I mean, we found him on TikTok, or it used to be called Musically. So it's very similar to the show. I mean, we yeah we 
he had never acted or done anything before. We found him, he lived in Denver and we found him on TikTok and um, ruined his life or something. I don't know. <laughs> Changed the course of his life. <laughs> I'd love to get some backstory because like, so you're writing with your partner, Sarah, Sarah, right? On, uh, on, yeah, um, yeah, sure. and, and on um, SNL mm-hmm. and we're, and some classic sketches, great stuff. I did a lot of research to see which ones are yours. It's so funny, but the, the, um, how, what's the genesis of this idea? Like where, where, how long were you talking? Were you talking about this while you were there? Like, I, I just, where yeah. did this come from? It was sort of like in the last year when we were head writers at SNL, we were talking about it. Cause you know, once you've been at SNL for a while, it's kind of normal. You start to think about like, oh, what if I, if I, if I left or when I left, what would I do? So we started slowly but surely developing this show. And the idea was sort of like um, born out of us wanting to do more music videos. <laughs> like at SNL, we wrote a lot of pop culture yeah. music videos for all the girls and yeah. we writing. Can I, can I actually say it was like doing on my twin bed, back home ballers? Like Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So we, we liked writing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we were like, how can we have our cake and eat it too, where we can still do that kind of stuff, but then do a more grounded story with characters that felt like they were us or versions of us, you know, um, and so, yeah, we basically came up with this idea um, of like, you know, having a little brother who becomes wildly successful overnight to kind of like let us tell some stories about, you know, being 30, being in your 30s and not knowing if you've made it or comparing yourself to other people and all that kind of grounded storytelling, but then occasionally stop and do a big stupid music video. So, um, <laughs> that yeah. My brother's gay and that's okay. Uh, beautiful. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so poorly so written. It's so good. And like one thing like about it that I love is like, you know, because, you know, I'm, I've been a sitcom writer for many, many years. And I even remember like when you were on, when I was writing on Roseanne, like if you dropped somebody was gay, like Sandra Bernhardt is gay. And that's like the whole episode becomes about that. It's like gay. It's like, it's that thing. And it's like, and I, you know, through the years, obviously, thank God that shifted. Yeah. But you, in your show, what is amazing, and you say this is like a straight dude, but it's so sex positive. It's so like, I, I think you, I think you approach gay relationships and gay experiences and dating in a way we haven't seen on television before, personally. I haven't. I, you, you, it's all the foibles we've seen with like st- straight guys and whatever the bro version of that is. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I, I, I just, I, it's like, for me, it's just a glimpse into a, a really, I don't know, I think you do, you're doing a real service. It's like, it's like, it's so honest in a way. And I know it's broad. I know you heighten the reality of it all. But um, was that like important to you? What, was, what, what were your marching orders as you were going forward in that? Or was it just natural? You just That's wanted so to tell nice. the story. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It is weird. You don't like I you know we don't really like think about it in a macro sense as we're writing like let's yeah. tackle this or let's say something about, you know, but we get that question a lot of like did networks uh say, "Oh my god, this is gayer than we ever imagined. Let's tone it down a little bit." And no, it, it was just never a thing we ever had to think about. We never did think about um which we feel very grateful for. Um but um I don't know, we just kind of write what we know. You know, it's sort of like anything. When you're writing and you're writing something that is um, close to the best or that feels based on your life, um, we just write what we know, you know what I mean? So if I'm gonna write dating stories or I'm gonna write stories about being a writer or or in the entertainment industry, a lot of my experiences are, I mean, the same as everybody else's, but also I have very specific experiences as a gay person. And so it just makes sense that if, I'm, if I have a show, my character is gonna go through 
things through that lens. You know what I mean? So it just yeah. um, feels that way by the yeah, way. Yeah, we don't set out to be like, God, in this episode, we are really going to gay, you know? Um, yeah. What I actually like, you know, something that, that was, that stood out, what, uh, and I'm going to draw a blank on the actor's name, that's Drew's friend that he worked with. Oh, Brandon Scott Jones is Curtis is the character. Yeah, Curt yeah, Curtis is. I didn't. I want to say the actor's name, but Curtis is <laughs> unbelievable. But I, the, I don't know if it was like the first episode where their boss comes up and is like, "I watch Brokeback Mountain," and they're like, "Thank oh, yeah. you, you're an ally. Thank you for that." That, that is that that is verbatim from my life. Yeah, we, <laughs> there was. I worked at a restaurant and there were two gay waiters, and he asked if I could go get the other gay waiter, and he told us that he watched Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> And then he didn't like it, but he did. <laughs> and we were like, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> but to me, I thought it was great that you kind of flipped the script instead of being like, okay, we're straight people are looking at a gay relationship. It's from the other lens of going, this is the shit we got to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thank but you. It, You're an ally. Wear those big shoes too. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it is like, yeah, we, it's going back to what you said, like, we don't think about it from a macro sense that much. But then when I do hear people say something like that or, or that it is nice to see it on television and they haven't really seen it before, it is meaningful. Like that does matter to me. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad that it means something to people, but I yeah, you never say, start from that oh, perspective. Oh, one, of the one of the characters, Lance, who I'm obsessed with, oh, I love nice. Lance. I, how y'all wrote that character is brilliant because that is the nicest, most positive person. Oh like, yeah, he's lovely, he's lovely. And he's just like, when he tells him your body's tight, when he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's so pumped for him. He's like, just trying to help him, you know. I mean, that actor, Josh Segarra is also just so talented. It's insane. Like, I don't know what that role would have been without him. He, the character was in the pilot, but I don't think we thought much of it. Or, yeah. you know, it was a funny character in the pilot to us, but we didn't have big plans for him being a recurring character. And his literal just first audition we were like who is that we want to um, he auditioned for another role and we were like no we should make him the ex-boyfriend we're going to rewrite it to make it more his vibe um he's so talented he's so funny no because the i can see that so positive it makes me yeah. feel good like when i see that it's yeah like, he supports everyone he finds out carrie has a bigger dick than he does he's thrilled for him like, he's he like only... i knew you were packing I knew. yeah he only wants everyone to succeed <laughs> well, I, I i could totally see like in the writing stage i've been on done shows like this before where it's like he's like fulfilling in your script he'll be the dumb ex-boyfriend you know kind yeah. of like the, the the dreamer ex-boyfriend and i you can in the minute he comes on screen you see oh there's so much more i would have been so yeah. as a writer on your show just to go oh wow yes that's the take on this guy i know he started as such a dummy and then he just sort of turned into sarah and i being like let's write what we wish a man was you know we were like let's write what a man could be you know a straight man what if they were this you know so it, it's just it's so strong and you've like educated me like the, the uh just to go really fanboy on you but the whole concept of gay baiting which i'd never even heard of as a thing <laughs> Like, I, I, I didn't know that was a thing. That is such a brilliant and poignant and tragic. And it's like, I think we've all been willing to sacrifice a lot to be like with somebody who is horrible, but objectively hot. <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just how much of yourself you're going to try and, and, and I'm calling it you, but because it's based, but how much that he, he's willing to sell out his soul for a chance to fuck this guy. I just thought it was so. Whoa. And, oh, and Wanda Sykes, right. by the way, is 
incredible. Oh, I mean, Wanda's, Wanda's insane. She's so good. I have to tell you, when I, I had, during the first season, I posted on my Instagram, like recommending everyone watch it because I, it was right after the episode where Carrie just unloads in Justin Thoreau's church that he mm-hmm. rode the log flume with his oh, friend's yeah. dad so that he could get the picture and jerk off to it, that he'd get boners <laughs> in church. It was like the three hits that he says. I was absolutely on the ground laughing at that. It was, well, was that- nice. I know, I like it. Everyone was like, what funny jokes? And I was like, yes, they're jokes. Those <laughs> That's jokes. Right. Yes. Did that really happen? <laughs> no, I don't know. I can't even remember. Who can remember? Is that framed picture behind you of- Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like on a log it's so funny, yeah. Uh, no, thank you for watching from the beginning, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it really does unfold in the character. It's really good how the characters develop. I love what, you know, I love Molly Shannon's development too. Yes. Like, which because you could easily see as a stage role, but you were always really careful to make sure she loved her kids. Like she was, she, she loves them all. And then that turn in se- season two where she's just getting exhausted from it she's all. sleeping is, with her eyes open and just- Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's so amazing and- um. And by the way, Molly Shannon. So you also worked with Molly. You wrote uh, other people. Other yeah, two I worked with the- her. I wrote and directed a movie like five years ago, and so yeah. that was she was in that. And so it that was a was fantastic her. movie, by the way. Oh, really, you. really fantastic. I have not seen. But yeah, I'm she's. Not. How dare you? But she's not, I'm she's so sorry, Chris. I'm incredible. And so it's kind of like if you work with someone once, and they're. I mean, why would you not want to work with her again and again? So yeah. Molly's someone that like I I know her a bit and when mm-hmm. I first met her it's like this is the kindest person that I've like the most endearing loving yeah. person. And she's worked for so long she's been in so many things and she still shows up to set and she's genuinely so excited and thrilled to be there. Yes. Like when she gets to a set she's still like wow and when she goes like on a talk show to promote the show she's like Chris I'm going on Seth Meyers tonight like she's she's still <laughs> excited about the industry and like thrilled and like wants to meet the other actors and it's just um yeah, it's a very, like, she's a good reminder of, like, how lucky you are all the time, because there's so many, you know, days yeah. when you're working where you're, like, in the shit, and you're, like, this is a nightmare, and then she yeah. shows up, and she's, like, can you believe we get to make this, and you're, like, oh, yeah, good point, <laughs> good point. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot, I forgot, yeah, this yeah. is fun, you know, like, yeah, oh, it's, 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 it's so special, and it's, like, you, I think for all of these characters, especially the, the ones who are in the satellites, you could see where they start off as archetypal, potentially, and in <laughs> other hands, but, like, like, First of all, the humanizing of Ken Marino's character is brilliant by the by the end that he's just this, he, he really just wants to be part of that family. It's like so brilliant. I do have a specific question that I don't want to give spoilers because I know it was just the, the one that was out, but I do want to ask just in general, and you should watch the episode, did you, when you came up with the butthole story picture, did you know... Like what came first, the ending, or did you come up with that? And <laughs> what was the implication? Because, because the I'm just curious as a writer because it's such the perfect twist. Like, did you have that twist, or did you discover it as you were writing it? That what the butthole leads to? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, like the 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 like like what you know the the, you know that the butthole. We can all imagine the butthole leading to disaster. I want to know how the butthole. How you got to butthole leading to <laughs> I want that to be the name so, of your autobiography. That's so funny. I have like a, what the butthole leads to. I, I had this like press interview yesterday, but it was like Pacific. It was like at truly seven forty-five in the morning, and I like when you write this episode, you're like, "This is funny," and I never imagined having to wake up at seven thirty in the morning and immediately be asked about a butthole. I was like, 
like, oh god, I did this to myself. <laughs> what the bottle? Yes, Welcome Logan. to my world, Chris. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't even talking about the show. Um, <laughs> we, I don't know what came for. I mean, you know, we start by mapping out the whole season, kind of in broad strokes, and maybe the specific of the butthole came second, but we had talked for a very long time about, we think one of the reasons Carrie isn't as successful as his little brother and maybe as successful as his mother, which is like, what is success? But yeah. um, is because he doesn't know who he is and he's not comfortable in his own skin. Yes. And if yeah. you don't know who you are, how can anyone else know who you are? And so we always like that as he would get more comfortable in his sexuality and as he would take ownership of his sex and his body and who he is in the world, he might just yeah. find more success in his career and in his relationships and in his friendships. And so we kind of always wanted season two to end with something of some, some um, taking control of his sexuality to get him yeah. his that's career like, thing. That's it, and, it, then it, we, and then we were like the stupidest possible way is for it to be a butthole picture. You know, so we, wanted, we wanted the dumbest version of something that was a little sincere. It's so brilliant. <laughs> and also I really won't give away the ending on this, but I thought this was like amazing because I've been in writer's rooms where you would fight this so much, but I think your decision for who, like in a normal network sitcom where I thought it was going to build to at the end for the Hawaii trip, who, the fact that like he made that decision mm -hmm. felt very real to me. Oh, that's good. In the end, because the, the network note for us on, on, on a network show would be, no, obviously family first and all this, but it, that would yeah. never ring true. It's aspirational in some way for a well-rounded person. But I just thought it was super honest. So. Yeah. And I actually, and I also, I really like the fact that you, you were, you know, rooting for Carrie to do that. Like, well, that's good. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel at all like, oh, he abandoned his family. Me too. Or anything. Okay, good. Because that I was like, I'm so, I'm so glad that he did that, and you felt like they were excited for him, and he should have, he needed to do that, and like you said, he okay. didn't. You, you understand when you're watching, it, or at least, I mean, I certainly get that he didn't know who he was. You know, everything he, you know, when he's yeah. with the insta gays, and when he's like <laughs> everything he's trying to do, yeah. he's never comfortable because he's. He doesn't know who he is. It's no, always I mean, like for him to I mean, finally get something for himself and to. No, you saying all this really means a lot because it's something we talk about a lot, the ending. And we really wanted it to be like, Brooke makes a decision, Carrie makes a decision. And we want to be happy for both their choices. Like they both made the right decision. And yeah. so we're like, I think we threaded it enough that people will agree, but you never know until you're like, well, now it's on the website, you tell us. But, oh, um, literally the whole time I was like, please let him go. Please let him go. Yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> I know. I would have been so annoyed and mad at him if he had gone. Do, the and that's how, yeah. how so much ends. It's like, it's yeah. like that, I, 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 I've been there. Makes me wonder, I'm just a personal question for you, but like, how much did, at what point did you start to know who you are? We're, we're comedy writers, so we never really fucking okay. know. But, 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 but did, did you feel like it was a late journey for yourself? I mean, because just because it rings so mm -hmm. true. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I haven't like gone through every single thing Carrie has. Like I haven't had my whole go around the world yet. There's time. Um, there's still time. Um, uh, but it's a lot of it is kind of true or versions of it. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't come out late or maybe I did because now kids come out very young. I came out my, in college as you do. And then yeah, I had a similar experience where, you know, you feel like sometimes you come out and you struggle with 
with saying the words and then once you do you're like oh my god I did it I'm done and now I'm good but you're like no you're not good you still have like all this shit to unpack and then when you think you're done unpacking the bags there's like another bag in the corner and like so so that's the kind of stuff that was interesting for us to write about in this show is like you don't see the coming out scene which is often what you see yeah in in shows and movies which is fine and great but we were like oh there's all that like messy shit that lingers for the next couple years or even the rest of your goddamn life um so yeah, or like, I remember, you know, Carrie goes through this in season two, but I remember kind of coming out and being like, mom, dad, I'm gay. But then also being like, but like harmless gay, barely gay, yeah. I'm gay, but like it's straight with a little twist, like yeah. trying to be like good gay for mommy and daddy, which yeah. is what Carrie is doing a little bit in season two. So it's, yeah, all the little iterations of accidental homophobia and self-hate that you often still have after you come out was interesting to us. And yeah, I really it, it, and it's 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 fun to see that played out with somebody like um approaching 30. It's like it's like it's because we've seen the younger version, we've yeah. seen the older version. But that, yeah. that's critical. Well, it's like what you did with uh, the character of like the hot 30 under 30, and then it was like midnight. Oh like, let's <laughs> yank her off the red carpet. Yeah, because... she's 31, get her out of here. <laughs> yeah. so Brooks, oh, she, you're 30, <laughs> you're next 31, like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but that's like by and by the way the brooke character uh has helene how do you pronounce helena, helena york yeah helena york. i she is fantastic she's insane she's, yeah she's so she, incredibly talented it's it's really like she can just like storm through a scene and be as big as you want her to be but then still like land these emotional moments in such a lovely yeah. way we really um are, are very lucky. <laughs> She's she great. reminds me a bit of Caitlin Olson. I thought the same thing. Yeah, you saying that, yeah. Like they should definitely do a sisters movie at some point. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, she's great. So let me ask you now. Let's just rewind back. How did you get started? Like, you're where are you oh, from? Yeah. Like, your a little backstory. You can give us the, the cliff notes. Um. Oh God. Um, I grew up in Sacramento and I went to school at UC Irvine in Orange County and I got started just in like maybe a common way, you know, where I'm like, I did the plays in high school and I was like, that's not quite right. And then yeah. in college, I was a writing major. And then I was like, that's, I don't know, but I want to do comedy. I'll go back and do the plays. And um, I, I was always like, what am, what, how, where, where am I? Where, where's my version of this? And um, while I was in college, I found the Groundlings and I started taking classes there and got involved in the improv group at school. And that was the closest I felt, like doing improv and sketch. I was like, okay, now we're honing in on something that I like or I might be good at. Um, And so that's kind of when I got started or when I I kind of uh, figured out I liked something a lot. Yeah. And then when I graduated college, I moved to New York and I kind of around the same time started an internship at... I started taking classes at UCB and then started interning at the theater and like selling tickets and all that kind of stuff as you do at UCB and um, kind of rose the wearings there and and started performing and got on sketch teams there. And then at around the same time, I was also interning at The Onion. Uh, Like there was a while in like like the mid like 2007, 2008 where The Onion was like making The Onion News Network and they were making- I love those. Yeah, those, yeah. So I weirdly just got in as an intern right as they were starting those. And I remember they were hiring and they were like, we're hiring production interns to like find locations and like literally be PAs. 
we just don't want to hire writers because we don't want people to like get a job here and then secretly be pitching headlines. That's not the vibe we want. We want production interns. And I was like writing, ugh, comedy, I hate it. I want to find locations. And so I got hired as a production intern and I like was the locations director for the Onion News Network for years. I found locations and I was an AD. I did like every goddamn job. And then I did exactly what they were worried about, which is I started being like, I'm weirdly right like to write I just am thinking of this now yeah but um and started getting things and then became a writer and director at the onion and then that was like my first real job was being a writer there okay um we're gonna take a break I okay. when we come back I have to ask you about some specific onion news because this is like the onion is my like I, I still between the onion and click hole I, I am oh, yeah they're the most forwarded pieces like I would I would pay to work in that writer's room, honestly, for a little it while. It truly is the funniest people, yeah. They're so smart. But speaking of fun, not necessarily funny people, but money people, because <laughs> they pay us, how's that for transition? Good. We'll be right really back good. doing it, Nation, after these words. All right, doing it, Nation. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron. His teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. That is CLNS50. Five zero from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 football season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Doing it, nation. We're back. I hope you joined our sponsor over there and and, and bought what they were selling. Yeah, um, totally rolling in the Benjamins now. They're, they're fantastic. Okay. Onion News Network. One of the most forwarded things I, there's a couple that I give. I don't know if it was before or after your time. It was there, but it is the porn star who is being boycotted because she uses the N word. Were you there for that? Is that a video or a newspaper headline? It was a video. A video. I don't remember. I don't oh. know if I was there for that. Oh, it's, it's okay. It's yeah, but, well, it's really hysterical. Basically, in a porno movie, a, a one of the actresses who's having sex with a black guy lets out the N-word and they go to adult bookstores and they're really deeply, and she does an apology for using the N-word in a porn, because porn is so racist anyway. And yeah. it's just brilliant. Well, that's what weird. porn are you I really watching? Don't I don't know. watch racist porn, Danny. That's really offensive. <laughs> yeah, that was what I like. What were some of the ones, because I've watched all of them. What were some? Oh my God. I don't even remember. I wrote, I mean, not to be like, God, I wrote so many. I mean, truly was so long ago. And like oh, yeah. the, way, the way it would work is you would pitch headlines for the videos. And then if they got picked, then they would be obviously scripted. And so sometimes you you wrote the headline and then you were also assigned the script. Or sometimes it was your headline, but someone else wrote a script or vice versa. So there was like so much cross-pollination that I don't even know. I understand that. But it was like truly the funniest people. And I I'm like you, I, I like loved The Onion before I worked there. I would like print out articles to friends to be like, did you see? And they're like, what are you yeah. doing? 
Um, and so when I was finding locations at The Onion, I very politely asked the head writer at the time, Carol Cole, who's incredible, if I could just sit in on the writers' meetings. They, were, they happened like Tuesday nights after work. And I would just sit in the back and listen. And I really learned so much about like writing and structure and like tone. And I, I just love the satirical tone of The Onion. And I really okay. did feel like I, I really learned so much there. No, that's like, honestly, that's like a, the, the, that's a graduate degree in comedy. Truly, truly. I remember the first, like somebody actually by mail, this is how long ago it was, sent me the first thing I ever saw. First Onion article I ever saw was um, serial killer described by neighbors as serial killer. <laughs> and, and just and when they were all saying like no we always you know you had that serial killer vibe and you know and, yeah. 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 he was quiet kept to himself <laughs> yeah. really came out it, I, my favorite one that i always remember is that mark mcguire nets hitting baseballs really far is really fucking fun like, <laughs> like after all this steroid shit came out it was like no it just it's really fucking fun to hit baseballs far like, <laughs> oh, when Wait, so after the Onion, did you go to SNL after that? Like, what was your? Yeah, I. What was the next? I I, le- I was at the Onion for a while. I was there for maybe like 2007 to 2011 or something like that. Oh, okay. And then I I I had a, applied for SNL a couple times and not gotten it. And so I was like, okay, well I tried. And I've been in New York a while, so I'll do the thing you do where then you move to LA. So I worked at Funny or Die for a couple of months. I moved to LA. <laughs> And then I, I I applied for SNL one more time, and I weirdly, as soon as I moved to LA, got it. So I moved right back. Um, and I think it was in. I mean, I submitted the packet like you do, but I think yeah. it was a large part to the Onion. I think Seth Meyers had seen one specific video of the Onion that tickled him, and when I mentioned it, I could tell that I was like, I think I got the job from this one video. <laughs> so you just like never know what it's gonna be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started at SNL in 2011. And so. how 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 long were you there for? I was there for six seasons. So I left in 2017, like right after that election year I left. And did you and Sarah, so I know that's your writing and directing partner and everything. Did, when did y'all meet? Like when did that We met at SNL. Yeah, we we didn't know each other before. We both just got hired the same year. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like what people do at SNL. You know, you kind of stick with your, the people that are hired together tend to write together because no one else will. Um, (laughs) But then we also just like really hit it off and had a similar sense of humor and similar backgrounds. And yeah, she's great. What was the first sketch y'all got on? I got on my first week a character sketch that I wrote with Nassim Pedrad. I was Nassim's office mate. And it was my first show and Alec Baldwin was the host like long before Trump. And (laughs) yeah, I wrote a character sketch where she played Alec Baldwin's um, daughter. And it was truly wild because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I don't, it was terrifying. But like, I mean, it was very lucky to get something on your first week. I mean, because a, it's better than not, but right. then you kind of just like get to see how the show works right away. You know, like you, if you don't get a sketch on, it's hard to know what the show even is, but it allowed me to like meet all the people and see how blocking works and um, see what it's like to sit under the bleachers with Lauren and have him not like it. Yeah. <laughs> you get to do all the things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, tra- it, it's a traumatic, I, I know good writers and good performers who just, they're great. They're, they're fantastic. But that particular crucible is too much for them you know oh it's crazy i mean it's the best job i've had or will ever have i loved it i mean i was 
kind of like the onion i was just obsessed with it from a very young age so i just loved nothing more than snl especially those like 30 minutes before a live tv and you got to make your changes and are you going to do it in time and yeah. it's like such a hell and it's so hard and you're like literally racing and you're like it's all going to fall apart and privately i'd be like i fucking love this baby you know it's so <laughs> it's so like it's like tv and live theater it's but yeah it's very hard i know seth myers talks about because he's one of the best writers to have ever worked there he worked there yeah. forever i mean yeah. That I think on his last show, even on his last show, I think he had a sketch that like ate shit at dress and got cut, which is like such a funny example because he tells it's like of all the people you've been there so long, you've like yeah. mastered the game, and then you can still have a bad night, and Lauren can turn to you and be like, What? You know, it's like yeah. it's such a crazy place of highs and lows, and you never know what what each week is gonna be. So I, it seems like a place that when you leave you're like did i just do that did that just happen like it never slows down it seems like such a whirlwind of like yeah truly i mean i like quit at left snl quit to snl and moved to la at the same time so like leaving new york and leaving snl was truly like getting off a roller coaster and then all of a sudden i'm like in laurel canyon and it's so quiet and i'm like what <laughs> do i do now those coyotes out there that i hear <laughs> truly <laughs> Well, I know, I know you're like under, uh, um, uh, we, we have you for a limit. You're a big, you're a big mover and shaker now, let's face it. I've got to go, guys. I could leave at any minute. <laughs> I know. And he's got a lot of stuff going on. We always like to wrap our show, though, with like, uh, we talk about the things we like, what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're, very rarely what we're reading, let's be honest, yeah. but what, what we're watching <laughs> or listening to. Um, uh, what, what's a recommendation you have or something oh that works us? I was so terrified you were going to make me say a book. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no one told me I had to say a book. <laughs> no, it's going to be a book report. It'll, it, it will be. No, I would have snapped at Danny. If you have know. you read the new Franzen? It's supposedly great. Okay, anyway, go on. <laughs> is, my, so is my answer like real or like the show I want? Is like, I have like trash and then good stuff. I mean, Give us what you're what really you watching. Like, though, it's all what, are you, what are you loving right now? Well, the trash that I really like, my true honest answer is The Real Housewives of Potomac, which isn't trash. And I feel like it's bad that I said it's trash. I love The Housewives. I love Beverly Hills. I love Potomac. Um, I'm watching Survivor, the best show on television. I, you're um, playing poker with a bunch of Survivor fans. I, I understand that it's a, it's a, you're in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then in terms of like a scripted show, that also makes me sound smart. Have you guys seen Veneno? I'm like late to the game on this. So what's that? Say it it's again. Veneno. It's mm -hmm. gonna sound wow. Don't I look very cool? Wow. Um, just talking about it, and I'm even late to the game. I think it came out last year. It's called Veneno, and it's on HBO Max, the best oh, streaming service. Yeah. And it's like a it's a biographical mini series about like um, this Spanish, um, like a transgender Spanish. Like she was a transgender woman who was discovered and became like a huge soap opera star in Spain. And it's like the biography of her like life and death. And it is so beautifully directed and shot and it tells her whole life story. Um, it's kind of hard to explain or convey how good it is. No, I, I recommend it. I'd never heard of it before. And then I started to see a couple of friends mention it to me. Veneno. I think it's eight episodes and it's great. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Definitely check that. And I, I followed that up immediately after Survivor. I was like, okay, Survivor. I no, you it. saved I it because I, I, because I was actually, I was judging you so hard up until Veneno. I was I like, see it oh. in his eyes. He was I like, was like, like how big? Like, what the? Did you like Survivor better? Survivor's <laughs> 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 a quality show. Let's face it. Mike White was on Survivor. That's real. What? what? Mike White that? was on Survivor? Oh yeah, no, Mike White. I, Mike White. Yeah, he did the writer season of Survivor. I saw that. 
he was on Survivor and he was on Amazing Race with his dad. Yeah, so so it's real. So it's legit, guys. Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay, okay, fine. I'll watch it. Um, hey, what are you guys watching? What? Yeah. Well, the other two, I cannot recommend that enough. Clearly, obviously. we've done enough on that. We've blown enough smoke. Um, enough, enough. Though, I, 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 ha- I don't know if you've seen this yet, Danny. I told you to, but only murders in the building. I still have not seen it. I know. I want. I haven't seen that. Yeah, but Steve Martin, Martin Short, and then Selena Gomez, like what a threesome that you couldn't even imagine, but they're so brilliant and it's so funny. And it, it's kind of based on, if you, if you listen to the serial podcast, remember when everyone was just like glued to yeah. that, it's, it's a bit like that where they're trying to solve something themselves with these three, where Steve Martin is a, like a washed up actor that was popular in the seventies. Martin Short is a Broadway director that hadn't done much as he should be (laughs) and you still don't really know what's happening with selena gomez but they live in this really nice building in new york it's totally worth the watch it's funny it's okay wait does it come out every week or is it or is it already all out every week okay it's every week so you and now i feel like we're so spoiled with the streaming things where i'm like i have to fucking wait yeah a week for i'm gonna watch that i keep almost watching that i'm gonna do it yeah i think it's worth it what about you danny what do you got Okay, season two, Love on the Spectrum. I know I this is going to sound... Oh, cool. I want to see that too. Really? Be, f- first of all, first season is fan- fantastic. Second season. Just be prepared to smile and cry every single episode. It is the sweetest, warmest. It's like takes place in Australia, which is very like neuro um, uh, diverse, positive. And it is... I, I probably have a daughter on the spectrum, uh, Asperger's, but, but it's beyond that. They're just... Oh, hold on one second. Oh my God, watch him go like Spielberg, it's me, Danny. <laughs> Can't you see? Hold on. I do really want to see that. I keep hearing about that show. Yeah, um, so Love on the Spectrum. And um, yeah, and it just, it's it's really absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And then I was listening to something that I thought was interesting and fun. I'm a big Elvis Costello fan. He did an album called he had an album that was in 1978 called This Year's Model, great album. He did a, an album just now called The Spanish Model, where he had all of these Latin American artists sing and reinterpret those songs over some of the original tracks. I've been listening to it nonstop. It's wow. like fantastic. So The cool. Spanish Model. Those are my two recommendations. Uh-huh. Fantastic. All right, I'm going to watch all this. And all yeah, this. yeah, it's good. Well, Chris, I cannot thank you enough. We're, Danny, are we taking a tour? Yeah, we're going to give a little tour. <laughs> oh my gosh, we thank you guys. This is so, I'm so glad and grateful that you like the show. That really, really means a lot. Um, so, I got to tell you, it's 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 more than just like. I mean, it's really something yeah, really, like, really special. Also, by the way, just as a comedy person, thank you for making a comedy that's funny. Yeah. It's like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of comedies have sort of like shifted away from that. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, um, and yours just goes for it, and I fucking love it. So. Oh, it's really means a lot coming from you guys. Also, I just want to say that I just thought of it. One of the actors that you had on the episode that was clearly about that Hillsong Church. For legal reasons, I don't know what you're talking about. But continue. Okay, I know. But um, <laughs> first off, the guy that you got to play, not that guy. I were going to say okay. looked exactly like not that guy. <laughs> and when Carrie's trying to figure things out, and he goes to the door and all those guys keep coming up and they're asking questions. And I follow this guy on Instagram, I don't know him, but Tommy. Oh yes, he's so funny. Yeah, yeah. 
I've followed him for so long. His videos absolutely kill me. So and then I funny. saw he was going to be on that. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the guy yeah, I follow. He's so funny. And Joe Castlebaker is so funny too. Who's the, the first guy who comes out. They're yeah. both very talented and good Instagram follows. Oh, I'm going to check them out too. So we, those are a lot of recommendations. Chris, thank you so much. Thank really you. Really yeah, yeah. And, and thank, thank you, Doing It Nation. Or I should say, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, Doing It Nation. Episode. Oh, good. My doorbell's ringing. So that's hey, good. Well, it's a perfect time to say goodbye.